<laughs> Thanks, AJ. Curtis will appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Think of something to pray about. That's okay too. We'll get that at the end. So uh, just just hold those up, and uh, we'll get that delivered to the elder that'll be taking the shepherd's blessing. Thank you. All right. We'll jump right in this morning. And um, did you notice, oh, we may have to turn this, my mic down just a touch uh, back in the back there. Thank you. Um, did you notice as we had the reading this morning, the one another? Anybody, anybody see that? Oh, that's what the sermon's going to be about. So, yeah, it was in there. I mean, we, we, you, you know, you, you'll, get, you'll train yourself. But just as we finish this series, you'll, get, you'll train yourself, we'll be reading. Ah, that's what Peter's going to be talking about. This week we're bear. Talking about the word bear, but not this bear. Okay? Um, they do have bears in the Bible, but that's not what we're talking about this week. Uh, we're well, your cross. Um, and so Jesus says you have to pick up your cross and follow me. So we talk about bearing our cross, don't we? Um, but that morning either. Um, so the first bear a burden, and that means carry uh, a burden. Um, but we're we're not doing that either. In fact. Uh, And it, the only now for a um, an ancestor, <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that. Yeah, I know that doesn't help you a whole lot, right? <laughs> so let's get. you uh, haven't already found it. Be completely humble. that we just read. So one of the suggestions about
in love. Okay, I want you just to think, what do, what's coming to mind for you as you think about that? Okay, I'll obviously have a good bit of time to share what comes to my mind. But take a moment and just think for yourself, what does this phrase mean to you? And then you can tell me afterwards whether I'm correct or not. Here, uh, here's what I was uh, wanting to put up here. Is I, I said I like to look at other translations. And I don't know if every Bible program or website has this, but you can see here Bible Gateway. I know it's small, and I apologize for that. But if you put in a particular verse, and it only works with one verse. If you put the whole chapter, this wouldn't work. But if you put in Ephesians 4, verse 2, you can see I've got circled there. It says Ephesians 4, verse 2 in all English translations. And so now you get a list of 20 or 30 English translations um, from the King James Version uh, to tomorrow's latest, greatest version. Um, that's not a real version. But you, you'll get all of these translations. And you can compare the choices that different translators made. Um, now, if it says Jesus prayed or Jesus wept, probably all the translations are going to say the same thing. There's not a lot of choice. But sometimes there are words that require cho choices. Just like the word bear in English has a lot of different meanings, right? Perhaps more meanings than you knew. So, likewise in Greek, people have to make choices when they translate the Bible. Um, and some of the choices that they would have made a hundred years ago are different from the words and the choices that we would make today. So here are, I to understand what does bear with one another in love mean. You can see the the range of choices, accept each other with love, patiently put up with each other and love one another, uh, supporting one another through love, be patient with each other and lovingly accept each other, show your love by being tolerant with one another, make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Showing tolerance for one another in love. Do not be hard on others. Let love keep you from doing that. Some of the easier version of English. Some are higher for higher reading levels. But you, as you read through there, you get a feel for what the bearing with one another means. Um, so accepting, putting up with, uh, supporting, tolerating. Um, there, there's a lot of, a lot of different choices there. Now, I'm going to leave that up for just a moment. If you're is going to ask which of these is the clearest for you. So uh, you can take a look at that while I keep working my way through my notes. Basically, the Peter translation uh, says, put and love them. Okay? Put up with people that frustrate you and love No pointing fingers. No, I'm not. No pointing fingers. <laughs> Put up. 
Chapter 3. And, and then it moves into now. Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of this. What does this mean? Because the for us. How do we live our lives? And so and we are and, and the I hope you get to know it. The the love with you in the center of it, and, and then in the. And his prayer is that we will know and understand that. And then in verse, uh, in chapter 4, he then says, Because then we should live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Right? That is the that's the pivot because of who God of life. Where do we start with that? Where do we start? I I, I think if we were to begin, uh, perhaps in most churches, or, or if you just took the impression that we have of churches, we would say because of who God. Right. That that's where we'll begin. Let's talk about, I don't know, some, something from the headlines that's going on in our society. Instead, what... Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's it. You go, hang on, that's it? Like everything. Patience, bearing with one another in love. What about fixing the world? What about...
what we see around us. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. This little list gives us, uh, actually serves two functions in this verse. I know this is a little bit like an English lesson, but it says we start off with live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Then we have those virtues. And then it's followed immediately by make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay. Now, it's true that that second orange section or brown section that you see there, um, it's all in fact, it's going to go It's like he, he changed his mind after just two verses. I've got to go back and tell you who God is. Right? I've already said. One. God is one. And, and so because. To keep the unity. And, and what's really in it? The unity. I think sometimes we take too much responsibility upon ourselves in that regard. And so this be gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. And if I'm doing things, that's the same as making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Because God, we're to incorporate these virtues into our lives. And we go, see this is the in love that I have to put up with in love right? you see it's easy to put up 
get through this? In love. Oh, in what? <clears throat> in love. That's challenging. It's challenging. You see, sometimes people want to say, I can love someone, but I don't have to like them. It's like, can you really love someone if you don't like them? No, it's not to say we don't really love them. Maybe we just don't like them and don't love them. Maybe we'd rather It's going to take some work. It's going to take some humility. It's going to take some gentleness. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take some love. But when we do that, that's when we're going to have the unity. Because we have the same spirit, right? Even if that person doesn't And so I, I think this is that that last is really important for us. I think the other another thing in mind to go through here is the idea of growth. And we're not going to, to get down into the rest of the passage, but if we were to keep reading, we would see, and we will in our growth groups, uh, see how Paul talks about growth maturing. And so before they mature. And so making every effort to keep unity now is something that grows and strengthens the church in the future. I want us to remember that the text is bearing with one another. The one We won't all like the same food. We won't all listen to the same music. We won't Some people us. That's why we have this verse. Because people will annoy and frustrate us and get under our skin and we'll worship together with them. And Paul says, push through that. Push through it. Hang in there. Love people. Give them time to grow. And here's the thing, right? Time to grow. And has loved me. Even when I was frustrating to him. 
And so because of what God has done for me, I adopt this attitude towards others. Think for a moment. A church where a church the church there'll be no church certainly it won't be a church that honors God so what do we put up with you're like, okay, I can put. All right, I can put. As though some of the hardships for. And, and so, I think when it unified church, make every effort towards unity. I think it's saying some of some of It's going to be trouble. And, and so, you're like, wow. We're skating close to the edge here, Peter. Sometimes, it may just be that my personality clashes, that their personality clashes with me. Or maybe it's my personality that clashes with them. Right. And so I think we need to be willing to challenge ourselves with who is it that we bear with, that we put up with, what we put up with. way of a brother or sister. Right. You see, if we don't have humility that we could be wrong or that things have to be done our way, if we don't have gentleness in how we
I sat in the wrong seat. You wouldn't believe the look that that person gave me. Or somebody asked me to stop singing because I was too loud or too soft or not on time or didn't, not on tune. Or I said what I thought the verse meant and everybody just piled But they walk out of God's church. Because our church needs to be God's church. And so I think this requires us to recognize, amongst other things, that not every belief that we have should be a point of fellowship or a salvation issue. Not every belief that we have should be a point of fellowship or a salvation issue. You see, there are experiences. Because something has happened. Somebody did to me, and, and we all. And then Their lawn is their sacred space. And so, and, and so our experience leads us to... And, and we, and we're both coming from different places. And we can both be right, and we can both be wrong. And I think sometimes this can put us at odds over things that we should never be at odds about. As you look at these pictures on the screen, can you tell me which person is correct? So we need to be careful that we don't find ourselves getting into these kind of arguments. Now, I'm not saying that nothing matters. Okay? I, the, the, the okay, there are things that we cannot compromise on. Jesus has 
has to be the focus of our faith. Jesus has to die for our sins. Uh, sin is a reality. Uh, we, need to, we need to accept God's forgiveness. And so, when we come and study Scripture, just as bearing with one another means not sacrificing unity in the spirit over my preferences and understandings. So we have these two sort of things in tension. What's important that we can't compromise? What's, what's, where do we have freedom? And can we do things differently in order to maintain unity? And I understand that sometimes this question of what's important is We'll just say, well, that these things escalate. Let me give you two examples from my life as we, as we close. I've heard people get uh, quite passionate at times about um, the correct name of a church. Okay? And if your name out the front of the church building is not correct, you're not the true church. That's how we know one of the ways we know that you're the true church is that you have the correct name. So, and instead of whatever it is, Church of Christ, it was the Lord's Church at that particular street. Okay. That's the only thing that changed. No longer. Then, how do we, are we going to get upset about that? Because sometimes people do. I grew up in a church that, um, there's churches of Christ all over the country, and uh, they represent, there's like th at least three different groups that all have the name Church of Christ. My father left, well, and, and a group of people left one of those churches. Um, and to differentiate, they put at the end of the name, Church of Christ Independent. We had somebody come and speak to us from another church. And they said, you know, putting independent at the end, in parentheses, of your church name makes you a denomination. <laughs> and if you're a denomination, you're a Christian. So, <laughs> the word independent, that putting it there made us a denomination. And, and so, they wouldn't have anything to do with us because our name was wrong. Okay. Um, amongst, perhaps amongst other things, but that was certainly one of the things. So what do you think about Because some people do. Or we can say that they're still God's people worshipping God and obeying God. 
And, and there's a variety of names in the New Testament that the church goes by. In fact, most churches didn't even have names. It's just written to the church in Ephesus. And so perhaps, you know, if there's more of that, we could be the church in Greece, right? And just leave it at that. Um, so how do we handle those sort of, sort of issues? Uh, the, one another for the sake of the unity of the Spirit? That's really the question. Who can we bear with one another for the sake of the unity of the Spirit? So I grew up in a church that is not exactly like this one. Um, this is my home state of Tasmania. And so the, the story of the day if this didn't happen. Okay, that's, that's how important it's been in my life. So the Church of Christ is smaller than it is here, even in this part of the country. And when I say, as I said, there's like at least three different groups that all have the name Church of Christ. So it gets confusing. There's a big group. It's been there the longest, and it probably looks a lot like, for instance, a Baptist church, we'll say if you would compare it to Lawson Road. Uh, there's the church that I grew up in, where um, we left that bigger church and were different. As far as we knew, there were about six other congregations in the whole country out of 20 million people that were on the same page as us. None of them were in my home state. I never went to a church camp, to a youth rally, um, my youth group was sometimes 10 people. In good years, it was 15. And at least five of those people were my brothers and sisters. So that was us. And, and we had no real sense of fellowship with other churches. We didn't know anything about the a cappella churches of Christ. And I call them that because that's who we are. Churches of Christ that sing a cappella because the church that I grew up in had an instrument, several instruments as we, as we worship. And so when I was about, we had a, a visit from a um, preacher at another, uh, at an a cappella church of Christ. And he lived up here. It's about an hour drive to where we live. And they, we lived on the coast. You can see they're a little ways inland on a river. So we lived on the coast. So they would come down to the beach and bring their camper and spend their summers there. Well, they'd been doing that for years and never met up with us because they were a cappella and we were instrumental and we didn't really know very much about each other. But then one time they had conversations with us. They, they met, came across us, found us. And as a, as a result of that, these conversations carried on for some time. And we discovered that actually in the state, there were about six a cappella churches of Christ, which we had no idea about. So they're not big churches. 
But up here in this city, um, it's a city of about 50,000 people, maybe a little bit more than that. But there were three a cappella churches of Christ in that city. Each of them about 10 people. And uh, they didn't get on with each other. <laughs> Down here, there was another two or three a cappella churches of Christ. And again, they didn't get on with each other. And so we've made contact. We're through here, we've made contact over here, and we're like, wow. It was so exciting to know that there were other Christians that we could fellowship with. Had the Lord's Supper weekly, baptized for remission of sins, preached the Bible, wanted to emphasize that, were part of a denominational structure. Like there was so much that we had in common. But the way we worshipped on Sunday morning was different when we sang. Not when we prayed or read the scripture or took the Lord's Supper, but when we sang, the way we worshipped was different. Now the they could have said, "You do." To do with you. However, perhaps because everyone was desperate for fellowship, or maybe because we wanted to make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. The folks from this church here would sometimes come and worship here on a Sunday morning. And when they did that, the church that was here said, you know, we want to honor your conscience, and so we'll sing without instruments today. And so we could worship together on those Sundays by making a small... In a small church of 10 or 20 people, we said, we're willing to give this up in order to have unity of the Spirit so that we can have fellowship, so that we can bear with one another. And, and as a consequence of that, uh, sometimes they'll exchange preachers, they'll drive an hour to, to fill in for one another. Connected up this highway, it's about an hour and a half journey. Um, it's about two and a half, three hours to get up here. And sometimes the minister or the preacher from here would come up and fill in. And, and there would be a, a camp that we would go to. That all together and, uh, and we would have times of worship and Bible studies and lessons and, and build. And we're okay with that. Because when we're there, they respect us and they stop. Because they want that fellowship. And so both
respond of peace. And because of that, I went to this church. And because when I graduated college, I moved over to Melbourne over here, and I went to another a cappella church. If I'd never been to this church, I would have never found the a cappella church in Melbourne. If I'd never found the Acapella Church in Melbourne, I never would have come to Memphis. I never would have ended up in Rochester. And so out of making every effort for unity in the bond of peace. Bear with one another. Bear with one another. It's not easy. It takes humility. It takes gentleness. It takes patience. It takes love. It takes being serious about who God is and what God's done for us. And it takes us being willing to work through things. We need to make sure that not everything we believe is the most important thing. That we were willing to make some changes. We're willing to tolerate some things that we might never do ourselves because that person loves Jesus, loves God, um, has baptized themselves into, into Christ's blood. They've accepted his salvation. They're living their life for him. Because of all that, that they've done, we can bear with this thing that frustrates me. We can put up with that in love. I think it's challenging. And, and we won't all, I understand that we're not all going to agree about whether this is something that we should bear with. Or whether, right? I, I understand that. That's the hardest part of this, I think. But if we never bear with one another, <laughs> If we never then we're, I think, missing out on the humility that is the first thing we're told to have. Because we're saying, I've got it all right. And in order to have unity, you need to agree with me and do it my way. And I think that that, that kind of gets really screwy. Bear with one another. Maybe it is just that somebody took your parking spot out there. But maybe it's something bigger than that. And I think God wants us to wrestle with these decisions and uh, not just think we have all the answers all the time. We'll sing this one before we have our communion this morning.